Welcome to Iconic, where we talk about all things 13th Age. I'm your host, JM, and with me as always are Nick and Mark. Hey, hello. Welcome to uh, our returning guest host, soon to become possibly not a guest host. I don't know how many times do we have to invite you back before you are no longer a guest host, at least a whole season. So when we hit season three, Becca, welcome back. Thanks for keeping bringing me back. <laughs> Yeah, what's new in gaming, Nick? My Numenera group, they finished up their third arc of the three-arc campaign, and so they're headed back to um, Devola to, to get the parasites oh, removed from no. their spines. Um, they are, they've barely, barely made it, but I think they're going to pull it off. Excellent. Mark, anything new Not in much. gaming? Not much. I mean, we haven't game lately for various reasons, and Friday we're still going through kind of tutorial learning Fallout, Wasteland Warfare, and Tabletop. That's about it. Been kind of boring in the gaming front. It's kind of hard coming off the holidays. I don't know about you guys, but all my groups took a, a good break for the holidays and the new year. And we're recording early January. Uh, I know this will drop in February, but it's like a lot of my groups we haven't played in more than a month. Yes, I have that same problem. <laughs> I'm sorry, your dungeon master got sick. <laughs> yeah, no, like, yeah, I've still had like a ton of games since the last time we recorded. <laughs> Becca, what about you? Um, well, yeah, over the Christmas season, didn't have anything. Let me rephrase. I didn't run anything over the Christmas season. I played several times over the Christmas season. Um, the most enjoyable was in our RuneQuest Glorantha game. Yep, we'll have to do a whole episode on what makes a good villain and why, no matter if it's a good villain, no matter what the players do, the villain wins. Yeah, that's why I'm just going to throw in my lot with the villain and take what I can. Yeah. Sounds like a win. It was a possibly the best session of gaming all 2018. Like about halfway through, I kind of just realized that we're we're doomed. And so I kind of look at JM and I am think to myself, you know what? I could do this. Let's just live here forever and Yep. Yeah, so were. you're running RuneQuest or 13th Age Garanta? RuneQuest. RuneQuest Garanta. Yeah. Yeah, they, same uh, same world for listeners, but yeah, different rules. Different rule yeah. set and they uh they went to a rival tribe to try and negotiate an alliance um, and a marriage. And, and nobody listened to me. And nobody again. listened to <laughs> Becca's character. And what they saw was a half troll on the throne and a real big dumb guy and assumed they could just bully their way through it and did not realize that every time they contradicted what they were supposed to do and by supposed to do i mean they were given like instructions by people in the clans hey don't bring weapons to this thing well we're gonna do it anyway all right hey don't don't do x well we're gonna do it anyway every time that happened the villain went excellent and he's not even the villain but the but the the npc was like excellent he is super smart and a couple of players have figured that out basically no matter what they do if they are successful he wins if the group is not successful, he still wins. Like it is, it is all coming up dark blood and it is fantastic. We'll have to do an episode on how to make their <laughs> villains. This was completely at random. Like it was pretty amazing that this all came together, but yeah. But yeah, that one was fun. I think that's the most players want to play. Doesn't matter what I do. I win. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, sometimes, sometimes the smart play is to just find the person who has the smart play and back them on that. And yep. And I'm going, yeah, sure, I'll join your tribe. So. Let's do this. I may have to make the the records website where we're keeping the write-ups of the story available if people are interested. But mm. today we have another new random encounter for you. We've been getting some good feedback on our random encounters. 
And this time we decided to do an adventure tier location. And as Nick and I were chatting about this, he kind of pointed out that this type of site that we are going to do is kind of very iconic for the 13th Age Dragon Empire, but we very rarely see anything done kind of in the adventurer tier for it. So we're going to do a adventurer tier living dungeon or son of the living dungeon, if you will. And yeah, like you guys all have your notes, your thoughts process. Uh, again, we'll just kind of go over how the random encounters work. Uh, we're coming with kind of the goal to give you a half-baked adventure site where you can just take the rest of it, sprinkle in your own campaign seasonings and drop it in your campaign. Uh, we'll have rumors, we'll have adventure ideas, and hopefully at least one full heal-ups worth of battle ideas. And we're going to try and be super flexible. Uh, the goal is to kind of take all of our ideas and get them stirred around to kind of create something you can use. So it is a fragment of a larger living dungeon that broke off during a spectacularly bungled attempt by an epic tier party to slay this living dungeon. And instead, uh, they have scattered the pieces of this living dungeon across the Dragon Empire, which have burrowed into the earth and are slowly like growing into new ones. And so this one has landed near our soon-to-be-named-and-described town and is kind of the first step on what could be a path that takes you through a whole campaign, right? Like, It's always a good launching point. Right. I actually mm -hmm. thought it would be interesting if the idea was that the group has to reassemble the living dungeon first in order to kill it. Yeah, I had a, I had similar thoughts to that. Right. So could you guys see this as like being a seed for a whole campaign? Like if you were going to do that as the GM, what, what would you want to see in a random encounter like this in order to make it kind of the first stepping stone towards a larger campaign? I think part of it, it would be that the characters and the players would recognize that this is because of an epic tier party had failed. Um, a lot of times when you're going into game prep, you create a lot of backstory that the players never see. Mm -hmm. And so this might be a, one of those um, motivational back backstory pieces that builds the framework for what you're trying to do, and which is good for you as the GM, but I think that it would be setting the tone for the game and t setting the tone for this particular arc if the players recognized that an epic tier party failed, and this is a piece of that. Yeah. See, I would I wouldn't go there. I would start and make it the beginning of a campaign, but it's going to be this is going on, here's rumors, then they discover what it is. And being a living dungeon, since you can move, it gets away and now it like oh crap, now we have to go get it. And they will discover as time goes on that, you know, why is this small versus, mm -hmm. you know, all the rumors we've ever heard and the legends, these things are ginormous, you know. Yeah. And then find out that, oh, yeah, it was a failed attempt, but not from right from the get-go. It would have to be discovered mm. maybe even as they go into champion tier, you know, they're trying mm. to chase down. Yeah. I mean, again, if you're the starting group, you don't know what a living dungeon looks like, and you'll chase it and find out and maybe do research, well, how do we slay one? And you find out, well, you know, you know, 50 years ago, in the eyes of the stone thief and this... You know, these legendary heroes destroyed it. And you're like, oh, wow, that's not what we ran into. Yeah. And then you find out, oh, it's another one that was bungled and yeah. split. Mm -hmm. What about you, Becca? Oh, man, uh, kind of getting my thoughts together about this little adventure definitely sparked seeds for a whole campaign. Um, and in, like, tying it to an epic tier party that 
bungled and failed. Uh, in my mind, each party member was tied to a piece of a living dungeon. And so there's, you know, five people in that party. Well, there are now five pieces floating around. Mm. Um, and yeah, and each then section of the little dungeon takes on kind of the flavor of the character who is tied to that one. Yeah. So if you have a wizard in this one, then it's going to be more magical. If you had a fighter in another one, it's going to be more big, bad monsters that you just have to beat down. If I were going to use this as a campaign, the idea I came up with would be like, all right, so what are you guys playing? Excellent. So we've got Nick playing a one-armed fighter and Mark (laughs) playing uh, something of the Crusader and Becca playing a barmaid turned paladin. Naturally. Naturally. That's what you're... It is. it is what you're playing in the 13th age. It's what you're playing in the 13th age Patreon game. That's true. So what I would do is I would build 10th level characters for that. Ask all of you to pick one magic item that you definitely want to see come up in the campaign. Shuffle the characters, hand them out to each of you, and play through that final fight with like a like a quintuple strength battle. So you played through the destruction. Mm. Not playing your the character that you would play, but playing like so like Becca would see the paladin at level ten played by Mark, and then go, sweet. Now you know those items are out there because the dungeon fragmented and these people's spirits may be trapped there. So do like a like a like a one shot introduction where you guys, as the players, have the meta knowledge of what went wrong, and then jump into the first. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had an idea on a, a slight twist on this. Uh, what if instead of completely bungling this, whenever they did defeat the m- big, massive living dungeon, it shattered. And now this party of epic level characters have, in essence, as uh, have become collectively another icon. And they are commissioning agents to go and do all of the cleanup. So maybe we so, could have it shattered at the end of the last age. Right. Because, I mean, that's usually where And then rotate. all the other players could have that icon relationship with this epic tier party that they can cash in as they're, you know, going through this. You could even go through and say, like, the wizard is now the new archmage and the, yeah. the fighter became the emperor and... The rogue became the yeah. prince of shadows. Yeah. That's if you want the bungle. I, it also occurred to me that... Maybe this is how they procreate. When you die, when you kill one, it shatters, and several other smaller ones break off and become new living dungeons. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's unknown on how you actually destroy one. Or how they're birthed. Yeah. It's just saying how... Because when you're talking about a mystery of what, how do these things happen, what's the deal, which I've got notes on why they exist I mean, the thing is, when you're talking about adventure level stuff, it has to be scaled down small enough that your level one, level two, level three characters can actually deal with. And when you're talking about living dungeons, which are on the opposite end of that spectrum, you really begs into question, what is the life cycle of a living dungeon? Because you're regardless of how this adventure level living dungeon came to be, whether it's shattered off of a bungled attempt or it's a newly birthed dungeon or something, um, you have to figure out what is this kind of ecosystem of it? How is it going to grow? How is it going to mature? Why go in and try to stomp this little thing out? Uh, Cute little maggot. I really, (laughs) I really liked your idea of it happening 50 years or even, like the previous age, because it could be that that strange, creepy ruin outside of town. That stuff keeps coming and 
repopulating and nobody knows what is drawing it to there. But it's the fact that like monsters show up to either worship the heart of this quiescent little living dungeon or the living dungeons like, you know what, if I'm going through some sort of growth spurt, if you will, it needs creatures inside of it to kind of break out of where it was left. And, you know, so maybe the ruin is kind of like the, the crystallis of this, of this living dungeon. So we got the idea, some shard of a broken, no, no, that's going to be coming out later. Um, some piece of uh, a living dungeon that has broken off. And has, for some reason, settled outside of this place where, I mean, even presumably your characters might have grown up. This could be like, if you want the big sweeping arc, there's nothing that, you know, says you can't just say this is like all the characters grew up together. But so let's start off with what icons would you want to see in the mix in the dungeon? Anybody have one that really jumped out to them as, you know what, for this, for this. I've got several. And for different reasons. All right, Mark. Why? Well, in my take on it, Living Dungeons came about because the Archmage spoiled some experiment and created them, right? Kind of borrows from Stone Thief. So the Archmage wants to fix it. Whenever he hears about one, he enlists heroes, hey, go either destroy it or he, he would like to control it now that it's, I mean, I'm sure he's intrigued. Oh, I can use it to help the Empire somehow. The three have heard about it and want to control it since their purview is monsters. It's a monster. It should come under us and we could do lots of good things, good, evil things. And then the druid would like to control it because, you know what, it devours cities and towns, which were a plague on my wilderness. Mm. So I could unleash it on all these towns and cities that I don't like. I like that twist mm. on the high druid. Mm-hmm. Who says it has to be good. Right. I also had um, the Archmage in the idea that the Archmage had trapped something in the dungeon and this was it trying to get free. Um, So the Archmage had to send people to try to shove it back in. And then the three. I also had lured a dungeon to the surface, perhaps to find the green, perhaps to find something that they're looking for. They know the dungeon will find it for them. And then the third one was the Diabolist because you never know what she's thinking. And Mm -hmm. if she caused the fracturing of a larger dungeon, it looked like it was helpful, but was it really? See, in mine, in my eye, living dungeons, the Archmage was doing something, the experiment went awry. This goes way back to the sixth age, Age of Blazing Meteor, when the alien life forms hit. And when they hit and fractured, they were trapped into the living dungeons. And so that's the brain oh, power behind living dungeons. I like that one. I like that. Otherwise, it doesn't have intelligence. It's kind of roams around. But. So this is, again, because of split, this is a splintered piece of that alien entity. I'm depicting a little bit of a theme because I also had the three. But when I was thinking about what was that epic tier threat that that party had gone after, um, I was envisioning that the blue had gotten restless, stuck in Drakenhall. And so the blue, in his sorcerous ways, had enacted a ritual that would transform Drakenhall into a living dungeon. Oh, my. And that's what this other party failed at doing. And so this is a, a tidbit of Drakenhall. Oh, man, that would lead to some great 
like theming of you come around the corner in the in the dungeon and it's an alley from Dragon Hall right. with like a shop and somebody who's still like I don't know what's going on every time you know like the day resets or something like that they're stuck in this living dungeon which would bring like people to free um for icons I didn't go with any of the standard ones cuz I figured we would have that covered at my it was three really aren't a standard. A no, no, but you guys, involved. you guys covered like a, a nice breath. I actually went to Bestiary Two and pulled out the Great Ghoul, and the Great Ghoul is a fallen icon who's trying to reascend. And what better place to gather your horde or to feast off the flesh of the zero level commoner than in this in an empty living dungeon? And so, just a giant necropolis. You've got this idea. We now have something like, and at least for, for like from my point of view, you have something that not only moves in, but actually provides a parallel uh, arc. So you have like the living dungeon and you have the followers of the great ghoul for the whole campaign that you're trying to deal with. We've, we've mentioned this before. What if they did kill it and this split off and it's an undead living dungeon? The ghoul theme, Necropolis, that's a whole arc right there. That is? Maybe cool. he wants to grow it, devour Draken Hall in the three and become the new icon. Or Lich King. I mean, this thing can go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And some of it, too, can go back to what, what's at the heart of this. You know, are living dungeons really just another species that is hard to study and catalog? Or is this a clog of magic gone awry somehow? Yeah, see, I see. I uh just because when the couple of times they've referenced them, you know, as like the dwarves are supposed to keep them down. I And this goes back to kind of probably my my home campaign, a lot of reading of uh, Donaldson. But there are banes beneath the earth. There are these things that we don't understand but are definitely evil. And sometimes they gain sentience and try to come to the surface. So, But that's the beauty of the way we're doing this brainstorm is that we've just given you four different ways to view dungeons let's jump in a different direction for a second we've said that this is outside some sort of locale that either the adventurers can come to or maybe the adventurers home what is one thing that we could add into this this village is different from the other villages that we have done like what what kind of tie does this have to the dungeon what is one feature that a gm can like hang some npcs and some scenery on Mark's got his hand up, at least metaphorically speaking. Metaphorically speaking. speaking. So, uh, I had a little town. We didn't get the rumors yet, but there's this ruin, as you mentioned, outside of town. But this town exists because it's a quarry. And so the living dungeon has come here to get food and grow bigger. Oh, I like that. And that's why it's terrorizing the town and people are disappearing. And, you know, maybe like this, like an open granite mine where they— do granite and so it's there eating. What if we what if we do something a little a little Tolkien-esque here? Uh what if the the living dungeon was in the cliffs and in the process of quarrying the town opened up the entrance to the living dungeon. You mean they delved yeah. too deep? Or at least too lateral. Yeah. Like into a cliffside. Yeah, they could do that. I was thinking they would be in that ruin on the outskirts, and that's where it's inhabited, but it's moved and messed up. Yeah, they could do where they've opened up something. as as (laughs) I'm sure, going back to our days uh, on a 
on a castle on the edge of a of the known land, maybe I don't know a keep on on like Borderlands. There are multiple ways in and out of dungeons. Usually, it is not just a straight line. Well, I, I was thinking that maybe rather than the people disappearing, bits and pieces of buildings start disappearing. Like you wake up and all of a sudden half the tavern is gone. Oh, where did this building go? And, and I thought about it too. Maybe not the, the main town itself that you're going to go to, but like outlying farms. You know, there's always been this rumor of, yeah, that, you know, that castle is haunted. But now like, you know, Farmer Johnson's farm, I went by there and it's gone. Yeah. Just, and so it's moving closer and devouring things. But, you know, wooden farms, no, that's no good. I need to get stone. Yeah. All right. Becca, what about you? What's a, a a piece of the town that we can? Um. Well, yeah, we haven't talked about rumors yet, but good album. <laughs> with like rumors and villages, uh, I had that this village was asking for help because there were monsters in the area, and the party shows up to this village. And the people in the village are monsters, and they're saying that something underneath is changing them. They're not, so they claim that they're not really monsters. It's something from this living dungeon or something underneath the earth. The Archmage is the one changing them. And in the process of whether or not this one adventure or the whole campaign, it comes out that it is actually just a town of monsters that have forgotten, that have somehow magically forgotten they are actual monsters because of some somehow that this dungeon is just changing I don't want to say their biology but their mental state hmm. and so, so you have the PCs learning how to work with things that they'd rather kill you could also have it start affecting the PCs they wake up with the tail either that or they well if they're not actually changing it's just mental states mm -hmm. be like no I'm sorry at least for right now you've forgotten how to be a dwarven architect but you have these really weird memories of something else start playing with the backgrounds yeah Ooh. or why why doesn't the lich king answer my prayers anymore but the crusaders in my brain at least while they're in the town if we're gonna right. like, I'd hope right. it would be the other way because I don't know if I want to adventure with the person who prays to the lich king come on like a necromancer well, maybe yeah. yeah I don't know if they pray to the lich king they more of Help, help me. Something's wrong. Note to self. Change my character in the uh, in the game to a, a guy who prays to the Lich King. Nick, what are you going to say? Well, what would be funny would be then if they, when they did start going into the living dungeon, having it be populated with people who think or who are actually monsters. You know, have the, maybe the, the psyches be swapped somehow. Well, if we do, if we go with ghouls, right? Ghouls can look very human at first pass. But how interesting would it be? The things you run in are just Farmer Johnson and his family, and they're humans. So, do we kill them? You know, you go in there expecting, oh, I'm going to fight this and that. Or how? Do, or how do we rescue them? I think it'd be interesting, yeah. especially if we go off your idea, Mark, with Farmer John, um, or if Drakenhall, like, well, yeah, it's not as simple as just, oh, well, let's get you out of here. Every time you bring them to the the exit, they dissolve into mist and go back to the spot where they were kept or are violently like invisibly pulled back to where they go. Ugh. 
Now, or, what if the dungeon's not about fighting something? What well, they just don't want to leave. I mean, yeah. my family's here. That's my shop. I can't leave. Yeah. That's where I earn yeah. my living as a silversmith. Now what do you do? Never traveled farther than three blocks from my home. That's right. So Why would I leave? What do you mean my whole world has changed? That's right. <laughs> I'm underground? So, <laughs> so what are some features of the village that we can pull into this? Because, um, again, we want to have... So we've got this idea of this town outside of a dungeon. Uh it is a quarry town. I like the idea of it being a village of monsters, like or monstrous humanoids, the ones that you would not normally expect to call on your typical 13th age adventurers to to aid with. We've got mi- people going missing. We have um, all of this other stuff. What are some features of the towns or NPCs? My initial thought was, and I and I I feel like I've been reading a lot of old modules recently because my thought is that the town is founded by one of the former epic tier adventurers but they never went with the group they bowed out for some reason maybe they lost an eye and an arm maybe they lost two arms um but whatever reason maybe it was that they were a monster you know maybe it's it's an orc an orc um fighter who she retired she was like no like we completed, and maybe she lives with the regret of, well, if I had been there, things might have gone differently. And so she set up what she thought was just a little watchtower. I'm thinking, um, who are the two who found Hamlet? In, oh, yes. Right? The it's fighter and the wizard. The yeah. fighter and the wizard who were part of the original uh, assault on the Temple of Elemental Evil on the previous go around but she she set this up whenever and whatever that was for whatever reason she hasn't been able to like she hasn't died and this group of like-minded or at least monstrous humanoids have gathered around her and now she's like well i can't this is obviously clearly the thing that killed all my companions and i let them down so i'm gonna put the word out and if she knows i could use that as you know not to play off you and Nick, but she lost an arm while she's recovering. They go and face the living dungeon, fail or succeed, depending how you take that story. And it's attracted here because somehow from that sundering, it's attracted to it's kind of like the scent of a friend. So that's why it's come here. Yeah. Well, in my in my campaign outline, because of course I didn't just write for the episode because I'm. I have issues. Um, I have of, a campaign outline for it too. So, you know, when you guys all die in my D&D game, we'll play I this know what one. I'm doing. Yeah. Um, each of the dungeons, like when the dungeon fractures, each of the people who were part of the original party get trapped in one of these fragments and... Or at least their spirit. Yeah, become... But they like... They bond with it, and they have somehow influenced the formation and the creation of that new fragment. And so, if it's if it's attracted, maybe it's this orc fighter's, uh, you know, lover who that fragment settled near here because it was like, maybe she can help me out. But maybe she can't go into the dungeon because of whatever reason yeah. she has tried. She's got one arm. I mean, she only has one arm, one eye, flying purple people eater. Um, She really needs to get a leg up, but. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so she has tried to go in because she's heard it calling for her 
and she can't for whatever reason. For the same reason why the townspeople can't leave, she can't get in. Or maybe she did go in and came to the point of actually being able to slay it, and then she realized that it was her lover, and she couldn't do it. Tragic. Tragic. I love it. This is all if she's aware of it. So this is just kind of riffing off this. What if the what if the theme of the dungeon is an illusionist? See Ashlaw's Patreon. <laughs> Feel like I'm plugging, just shilling during this episode. <laughs> but illusions mess with perceptions, which would be why the village perceptions and even their memories are starting to be changed because of the influence of the magic of this dungeon. Sure. All right, so that's mine. What kind are you of warping? Yeah, Nick, what do you got? Uh, my thought was, you know, obviously the, either the buildings in the village themselves are gone, or Farmer John's farm is suddenly missing. But um, I was thinking that the villagers might be very superstitious and are looking for someone to blame for all of this. Like they aren't, they haven't even connected the dots that this is a living dungeon. It's just that this is this is bad stuff that's going down. Somebody's at fault. And so they are systematically going through one by one and maybe somehow testing each one in the village and they can't find whoever it is. Oh, and, like a little inquisition or yeah. witch hunt. And so if the living dungeon doesn't come in and end up destroying the whole town, they're going to end up destroying themselves. Mm. Yeah, no, I like that. And then you get the point as as heroes, do we let the village of monsters consume itself? You guys are pretty dark. <laughs> you yeah. know, walk into town, there's, you know, crow's cages hanging up and like, she'll talk later. Well, I wasn't thinking of that much. I, well, I was thinking more like, listen, dark. there is nothing more evocative than walking into town with crow's cages like Willow. Anyway, I like that. Like there, we could, and like not to play off the monstrous trope, but it does, I mean, any town of humanoids would do that. And if you're already like a group of what outsiders would be convinced of cannibalistic halflings or, you know, like bugbears and menatars, well, whatever's holding this place together, which is the will of, you know, whatever the, the, the orc governess or how, you know, however this town is run, that's going to start breaking down. If wait a second, Nick was arguing with Farmer Johnson like two weeks ago, and now his town is gone. We all remember that. Do you guys have a feature or an NPC? I realize I, I had the quarry, be. and then I had uh, what was his name? Dungle McDougal was the head miner that was trying to help. But if you've gone the monster way, you know, Mayor Minotaur, freely elected in this democratic republic, we don't go in for you know hereditary kingship. Um, I also had Village Elder who put the call out for help. And then I was even considering the fact that this village elder has put the call out. And so there's another party in town and you hear the tragic backstory. And if it is the orc governess's lover trapped in this dungeon, you know, make sure your players feel it and then have them hear this other party going, Oh, we're just going to go kill it. All right, well, now they have to deal with this other party that could help them get deeper into the dungeon. But who's going to backstab who first? Which just brings up a really interesting point. If you had a rival adventuring party, what I would want to do, if it if the stars aligned and it worked out, you guys take a campaign loss, cool, you're all captured. Here's the rival adventuring party, <laughs> and now they're coming to free you. 
<laughs> delicious, delicious tension. Yes, yeah. tension. Um, the other thing, and this will tie into the monsters that I want, is, uh, and I hadn't figured out how to do it. I had a pond, but I think this works better. What if there's an active quarry and then the old quarry that's filled in, right, like a reservoir, and that could provide a third way into this living dungeon, mainly because I want to use Sahagwin. Like, just going <laughs> to toss that out there. Just forcing Sahagwin into this adventure. <laughs> so the, uh, an NPC that I had, I had named Ramal, and he actually had maybe discovered this fragment of the living dungeon. And for whatever reason, he had slowly been like feeding it. And so he really is to blame why this has settled in this village. Oh, like why, he's been, why it's growing. Yeah, like yeah. He, he recognizes that it's hungry, and so he's like, well, there's a stray brick. I'll, I'll take that. Oh, okay, here's another brick. I'll take this. Or here's a here's a stone that someone discarded. I'm going to take that. Well, all of a sudden, now this dungeon has a taste for the city. And so he's in the midst of this inquisition. He's trying to you know, get the thing to go away, but it keeps coming back to him, and he's trying to avoid getting accused. Well, this brings a really interesting point up, and I don't think we have a good answer for this. Aside from a gut feeling from the last time I read Eyes of the Stone Thief, do all living dungeons feed off of buildings, or is the Stone Thief unique in that? Because most of them just rise from the bottom almost fully grown. My thought as I, as I was processing through this is I would, I would allow for living dungeons to be more elemental themed. So you could have like a massive hurricane or an air based living dungeon going through, you know, eating up villages or ships or, or whatever it could be going across the land, rising up into the clouds, into the overworld, and then settling back down, um, or water themed, maybe not so much in the middle and seed because of all of the magics that are keeping it out, um, uh, or fire based, you know, big forest fires that are coming through, consuming everything. And you have to go in there and, and do that. But I, I probably wouldn't just keep them as earth based themed. Okay. All right, well, let's jump back. We've got our town. What do we, we got to get, we got to come up with a good name for this town. We've got monsters. We've got a quarry. I just call it the village of Dansbury. Dansbury? Yeah. Dansbury. Quarry town. I like Dansbury. I mean, yeah. I, it just, yeah, just kind of came up with a name. So it works for me. I had Doveport, but there wasn't anything behind it. Okay. All right. So. What are some rumors that the adventurers who are coming through Dansbury would hear about this dungeon? We kind of touched on a couple of them. Becca, on the spot, what's yours? Um, well, on the spot, it's that there is a town that has been changed into monsters. Oh, so it's the rumor that lures them in there. Yes. Interesting. Think um, of the XP. I know, right? Like, <laughs> there's a whole town full of monsters? We can kill them all. No, wait, they're supposed to be humans that have been changed into monsters. Um, then also the idea of the epic party, if they didn't make it out alive, the rumor that one of them is still alive in this area. And if you need to go seek help, go talk to them yeah. only to find out, well, if you really need help, it's in the middle of the dungeon. So yeah, get on in there. Interesting. Nick I was thinking that the roads are not safe. You know, traveling from here to there, um, definitely avoid this particular area uh, unless you happen to have this amethyst charm, which I will sell you at a greatly reduced price. This will keep you safe. I promise. It's pretty. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I mean, that's yeah, I totally see that being with it well within the realm of possibility. Like, mm -hmm. hey, 
especially for adventure tier stuff. Oh you know? yeah. You got to throw my bone. Right. I would also say that the, maybe one of them should actually work. Like just <laughs> the power of belief has like instilled one of them at random with an actual benefit while in the dungeon. Roll after the players have all oh, purchased oh, it and course, just kind of, of go course, noted yeah. the cleric actually is safe. Yeah. Nobody else is. This yeah. this trap will not trigger for this person. <laughs> Mark. Uh, and this will tie in as we get into monsters, but the rumors that initially attract them there are uh, people are disappearing. And then when they get to the town, they'll find out that some buildings are disappearing too. But first people are just going missing and they don't know why. Maybe it's because of the haunted woods. It's always been a rumor. Don't go in there by themselves, you know, on the night of the full moon, yada, yada. Unless you have the amethyst amulet, then you're okay. Yeah. But some people don't. So they disappear. So you're coming there to solve the riddle or rescue people or, you know, whatever it is you heroes do. I need an amethyst amulet. That's apparent, apparently. Like apparently. Yeah. One of my rumors is kind of in the more in the vein of a feature of the town. I would come up with the name of this previous adventuring group and turn it into some sort of epitaph. But like, well, I kind of like your hint of Heroes of Heart, man. Son of a Stone Thief. Yeah, Son of the Stone Thief. Stupid Heroes of Harrowdale. That's right. right. You're about as useful as like a magic weapon in the Heroes of Harrowdale. (laughs) Yeah, or like, I had one and it just got went away. But something along the lines of swearing on what they don't have. So Heroes Courage. Like in Malazan, yeah. Harrowdale's Luck. Oh, right? <laughs> um, right. Harrowdale's courage, Harrowdale's luck, Harrowdale's right, kind smarts. Of, you could actually just you could actually just give your, your PCs a, a list of common phrases used in this area and be like, well, who are these guys? You don't know, but they definitely are, you know, the fuzzy end of the lollipop when it comes to talking about them. And then they would be the epic tiered party that failed or succeeded. Let's delve into the dungeon real quick. Did any of you guys have features of the dungeon? Or some interesting terrain that they might find in the area or in the dungeon. I just had haunted woods around the haunted castle. It's Maybe it's been there, but that was maybe the first thing that the living dungeon ate, incorporated into itself. And so it's there, but it's kind of moving. People are like, well, it wasn't it over there? No, it's over here, but oh, that's the haunted woods type thing. Yeah. So there's, there's that. Well, the, the haunted woods could even be a part of the dungeon. Like it could be... Something that has sprung up over the last hundred years, you know, however long that this has been here. Yeah, there didn't used to be a forest, and we don't go in there and cut it down, but as long as it stays on its side of the river, we're we're okay with that. <laughs> Nick, what do you got? Uh, so I was, again, kind of playing with some ideas of different elemental-based th- um, themes for this, and I was kind of exploring the idea of this air-based theme. And so a number of, um, like, tornadoes, dust devils sort of things springing up, um, moving rooms around, moving the adventure party around, maybe splitting them up and then bringing them back together. It's kind of a lot of that going on. Okay. But I'm not, haven't quite sure how that would all actually play out. Like if, if we're viewing it as a dungeon, I would be very interested to see how you, how you, you could just together. In- incorporate. Maybe was it came across and it, it captured a large cavern, but in that it's known as the cave of winds. Mm. So that when you go in there, these wind elementals pick you up, move you, basically teleport you across the battlefield. So like, oh, I'm fighting. Oh, wait, next round, escalate and tie up the escalation die that, 
oh, it's even? Okay, it's going to zip you across over here, break you apart. We've, we've seen other living dungeon-esque things that have been built on like a clockwork mechanism. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so that will shift and change the rooms. Yeah. But instead of it you're, being you're on click, clockworks, maybe it actually just be floating in the air and you fall out of the room, out, out of the window or whatever, and you got a long way to go. But no, I like that. The, the buildings and the layout end up shifting around as a mm -hmm. result of that. Not so much maybe in the rooms, but outside the structure. Well, and I, and I, and I think that kind of ties in with Mark's hit haunted forest that mm -hmm. we don't have to just say what's in the dungeon is, is the whole of the dungeon. If that makes sense, like just a bit of it, just a bit of it. I just had the thought of the fact that Jules Verne journey to the center of the earth is in a way a giant dungeon crawl. Mm-hmm. And so, and in that book, like they're not limited to tiny caverns and small, narrow tunnels. So why not have adventures come out of a tunnel and somehow they are in the haunted forest that they saw up above. Somehow they are in the giant cavern of wind. Somehow they are next to a large body of water that shouldn't be there. And even though it's just a fragment of a living dungeon, how big or small is it really? Right. Well, and if it's magical, does it have to stay confined to the laws of physics? Right. And and is it still somehow in some way connected to the other fragments that could be anywhere else in the Dragon Empire? And how much of it is an illusion if it's mm -hmm. an illusionist who is messing with this? And so you think it's a large body of water, make, build a boat, get in it, set off and smack the other wall. Right. Because you didn't realize, because <laughs> you think it's a giant lake and it turns out to be, well, really just a creek. <laughs> you could have left it. You could have left it. <laughs> nice. I had parts of the dungeon that are definitely sealed off the first time you go in. That there are sunken areas, there are flooded areas, you need to go back in town and either the wizard needs to come up with a ritual of water breathing or you need to go back and find the ingredients for the potion of water breathing because your first time in... It may not even be where you want to go, but there are areas that whole areas have to be, I don't want to say unlocked, but they are part of the challenge of the living dungeon, figuring out the puzzle of what do we need next to go into the next part. Well, we've come across this thing that we can't deal with now, so we're going to go explore this other part, but like, let's keep in the back of our mind, hey, we need potions of water breathing the next time we come in. What is a threat either in the dungeon or who else is after this dungeon or why? Becca has her metaphorical hand raised. Well, who else is in, who wants part of the dungeon is the other party, whether or not they're good or bad, but just like to make it a race or a competition. And then when it comes to messing with mental facilities, I came across the Soul Flenser. It's a very high level monster. And so clearly the adventures are not going to kill it. But for it just to come and snack on a piece of one of the characters and then leave should put the fear of the living dungeon into the characters. Run it like a like an it sort of thing where... It doesn't actually attack the characters, but it just flenses, like sh shows up, makes one attack to feed, and then dissolves back into the wall. Yeah, and the next thing you know, the monk doesn't have access to her key points, or the cleric 
can't call on one of her spells. And so once the spooky mu- music starts playing, all the characters start to get really nervous about what are they going to lose? Mm-hmm. Especially if that be- somehow became a recurring theme for the, the overall campaign. Mm-hmm. It's like a, I think of your game, JM, where the dancers kept coming up. After the first couple of times, we were just petrified. Anytime we went into a room and it's, it's suddenly everything was ice cold, it's like we knew what was going on and we were terrified as a result of that. Mm-hmm. I like that. I hated the dancers. <laughs> Everyone who has encountered them has. Should write those up for 13th Age sometime. Uh, I was also thinking of another party after the Living Dungeon, um, but more in the sense of this was maybe a team of um, elite kobolds sent by the blue to capture it and return it to Drakenhall or capture it and bring it back to whatever the larger piece is. Didn't you do a, a team of elite kobolds in our Santa no, episode? Dwarves. Dwarves. No, those oh, elite. Dwarves. Sorry, never mind. The first they shoot the sleigh down and they go in to capture it. Right. Yeah. No, no. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Well, you, they wouldn't have to. You just reskin them as kobolds. I just like the, the thought of, you know, the, the icons that were actually in play originally mm-hmm. when this splintered off that they are still actively trying to bring all of the pieces back together to accomplish whatever it was that this other party had failed to do. Right. What I like about your groups of like highly specialized kobolds or dwarves or whatever they are, is it, it almost sets up the movie theme of the group of plucky amateurs versus the highly skilled experts. And you always know that those plucky um, amateurs are going to come out on top, except for in games, they don't always. <laughs> you had a team from the three trying to recover it, too. So there's that's a threat external to the dungeon itself right. and, and whatever could be there. One, I think you could you could almost insert evil magic user X here, right? There's yeah. a, there's an unclaimed living dungeon. What necromancer or power mad demonologist would not want it. Immovable um, hellhole. That's right. You you sacrifice it to the diabolist and turn it into a, a living hellhole and um, wouldn't there be demonic badgers? Badger, 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 badger. 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 I well, do oh go ahead. Well and the, the thought then too is if the the adventure tier party fails to destroy or to capture this piece and the other team, other party, whatever it is, is successful, then suddenly they may, the party, the adventure party may then want to go out and try to find the other missing piece or the next piece. And that could end up leading into, or the stone thief itself. You know, if the, whatever the icon is, it's trying to gather all of these pieces together to create the stone thief. Um, and as the players keep failing, the Stone Thief keeps getting stronger and stronger. Right, so you're seeing this as a spinoff of the Stone Thief. I'm, I'm thinking this as a, a possible way to build into the Stone okay. Thief. Yeah, prelude. Yeah. yeah. I like that. I also like the fact that what you just said provides the GM with a perfect campaign loss. Right. Mm-hmm. Hey, listen, sorry, you guys fled. The other team succeeds. And their goal for the living dungeon is what is in effect now, not what you guys wanted to do. You guys wanted to slay it. They wanted to use it to take it back to Drakenhall, to do something else with it, to sacrifice it for power, to do, you know, to claim it as their own mobile dungeon. Um, now what do you do, right? Is that what you got? I, I would know for the next segment, the monsters. Okay. 
Well, let's let's actually jump into that. So, Sahagwin. I mean, no. go ahead, Mark. So to play off that, since I had different ideas, the monsters in the dungeon are drow. Now, look at you. You spider made soldiers, weaver swarms, maybe a little bit above their level, uh, drow, spider, sorceress. They've made a deal with, from my take, the alien entity, and they live in the dungeon. They use it as their pirate ship, quote unquote, to pop up, capture slaves. We're good. All right. Now you can eat the town. And they have a little symbiotic relationship that they're happy to live in this underground cavern that moves around so they can raid the surface and do what they want and then leave. I think it's perfect. Little drow corsairs that ride a living dungeon. Mm. That's pretty cool. So Mark's Mark's monsters that that would be a part of this full encounters where is drow corsairs have claimed some part of it. And actually, if, well, they just come out too. And you, yeah. the encounter is you're going to encounter a slave raiding party that maybe hits the town mm-hmm. and are taking slaves back. You know, because that's what drow do is enslave or right. dark elves or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Well, and I, I think guys. that ties in a bit with uh, where I would the monster I would want to use, which is Sahagwa. Because they do the same thing. They're going to be tied in with the with the Corsair theme as well. They're really using this as kind of trying to establish it as a temple to their their dark and watery gods. And actually, I think what would be interesting is, uh, depending on what you guys bring monster-wise, but at the very least, now we have rivals in the Living Dungeon. The Drow faction wants it for the same reason the Sahagwin faction wants it. Well, they're not going to be, and they're both preying off the town. Well, that can't happen forever. Like, those factions are going to come to a head, and one side is going to win. Or what if they have an agreement, and they just take turns? And so then you got one town, one strike, where it's all uh, drow-based, and then the next recurrence you see it, it's all hogwin-based. Well, but my thought is, that gives the players something in the dungeon like the dungeon is not this static, like I peaceful co like ecology where it's like, well, it's Tuesdays. It's now the drow's <laughs> turn to go raid. So we're just going to eat the flesh of those captives that we took on Sunday. Would um, you allow the players then to ally with oh, heck yeah. either side? Yeah. Or both. And try to play them. <laughs> well, that's where, you know, it kind of ties into we talk about multiple entrances into the dungeon is the drow use this entrance. So that's a room you're all drow are raiding. And you're like, no, 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 no. These these weird fish guys came out. And so you're like, what? Yeah. A different entrance. Yeah. Maybe that's over at the old quarry in the water and you go in, that's exactly find the what cave. I was yeah. But it, it provides a not homogenous. Because one of the things that we've done in, in the previous adventure sites where it was like, here's the bad thing, it kind of like everything ties nicely together. Well, if this is being claimed by multiple factions, the PCs could say, well, really, if the Corsairs win, they're going to take this thing and leave. So, okay, we'll help you take out the Sahagwin. We're not going to like it, but, or as Becca said, played the two against each other. All right, Becca, what about you? What monster would you see in this dungeon? I have also been considering elementals that I think Nick has, but I was reading through uh, the True Ways. Mm-hmm. 13 True Ways. And the Flowers of Unlife were very intriguing. And in that idea of it's not all stone, it's not all tunnels and caverns, but here's a big magical garden. That's kind of a giant trap. 
for players to unwittingly stumble into and that's kind of the idea when Jane was kind of tying in like the haunted forest being part of it. It's like so like a giant Venus flytrap that you go into the forest and it's kinda of like <laughs> now you're in the dungeon. Well, I think we you've got all sorts of literature tropes of wandering in the or forest and ending up somewhere else. You could, you know, be visiting Dansbury and go into your uncle's attic and go in the wardrobe and so I, I had already mentioned uh, the idea of having kobolds uh, as a part of this. I mean, either through an encounter where they're already in there or they are following an after or something like that. Um, I was also thinking um, we've talked about maybe having the core of this dungeon being uh, like the spirit of one of the other past PCs or something like that. And um, maybe having something themed with that. Like if the, if it was the fighter that was this, then maybe this swirling storm of swords. And as this has moved around, devouring different things, the fighter in this, the fighter spirit has been collecting all of the weapons. Yeah. And so then having to go in and deal with this tornado of bladed death, you know. Yeah. We've covered a lot of good <clears throat> topics. Any final thoughts on this dungeon or this? I am so excited to run this. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, the one thing we didn't talk about, what does it look like for a group of adventurers to deal with this living dungeon? Because it's not just like, let's go in and clear it out. There is something that is making this dungeon alive that you have to deal with. We could play back to the heroic deaths that we've talked about is it, taking my idea of the alien entity you have to sacrifice yourself and become the new keeper and let this alien thing free to go back to the stars. And now you're there, so it's not this evil living dungeon. At least not for now. For now. And you take control. Yeah. Well, eventually you go insane and yeah. I'm trapped in here. But that's one way to do it is sacrifice. That is. But that would be down your campaign road as it grows. And Right. Or maybe the PCs have finally defeated the drow and now they control the helm of this underground ship. And where are they going to drive this? Or you find out that you can't deal with it. You have to go reassemble the dungeon and find the next piece and the next piece and the next piece. All right. Well, there's three. Becca, do you have one? In in my campaign idea of the previous epic party now becoming essentially the souls of the living dungeon pieces, putting them to rest and maybe for one of them it is bringing their lover down so that their lover can say goodbye and maybe for another one it is swearing to take up their ancient sword and avenge their father mother whatever like it's it's about putting these spirits these souls to rest that kind of then create little offshoot quests if you will to yeah. kind of calm everybody down before they have to go find the next piece of the living dungeon find the the relics you know the mace of saint cuthbert and lay it with his bones and take yeah each of the epic each of the epic characters lay them to rest and then this dungeon will just disintegrate yeah fall back into into ruin and just nothing yeah all right well i think that's a wrap and if you'd like to see us write these up, we are only about, as of the time of this recording, about $30 away from going back through our random encounters and starting to write them up in a PDF format that would be available to our patrons. So if you're interested in that and want to see kind of what our encounter layouts would look like, see some of this a little bit more formalized as opposed to having to transcribe it yourself, take a look at our Patreon and support the show.
And if you'd like to support the show, you can do so by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash iconic podcast, or by using our Amazon referral link, which you can find in our show notes or on our website to do your online shopping. Well, you've been listening to the iconic podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can contact us at iconic at gmail.com or call and leave a voicemail at 720-924-1706. And be sure to check out iconicpodcast.com for news updates and new episodes. Thanks for listening. <laughs>